The future of radio. The future of radio. The future of radio. The future of radio. The future of radio is here. Unemploymentradio.com. I didn't mean to do it. I know. Just you didn't mean to temporarily I mean, blind well, the me. Well, problem is, the problem is, what if it's permanent? Because then we have to tell a story about it. It's then there's been a whole like issue. Over a half an like, hour, have and to it explain, still hurts. Like, so what happened, ma'am? Well, it was a terrible accident. My business partner was eating some mac and cheese in the... Fan blew the cheese right into my eye. It did. <laughs> it did. And now I'm kind of concerned after all these, like... Let's be honest, like hundreds of pounds of Easy Mac have probably consumed over the hundreds years. Hundreds of pounds? I mean, I would think so. How much does an Easy Mac weigh? Is I don't it like know. A pound? I, don't, I don't want to do the math. You we should do the either. Easy Mac math. I, either way. I'm, I'm going to grab one and figure it out. I'm sorry. I got cheese okay. in your eye. Hello, everyone. <laughs> this is Fun Employment Radio. I am Greg Nibbler here with Sarah X. Dillon. Thank you so much for tuning in today, wherever and however you listen. It is so fantastic that you do so. Of course, we are live here five days a week on the Fun Employment Radio Network and then available via podcast all over the internet, wherever podcasts can be found. And thank you for finding us. We have a lot to talk about today. Uh, first off, I want to say thank you to everybody who's gone to Fun Employment radio.com and clicked on the audible link and purchased well a not only signed up for your free trial because you get two free audiobooks i mean that is just amazing that's an amazing deal only by going to funemploymentradio.com and clicking on the amazon link and also because the book that sarah and i narrated is on is is on sale on there right now it is the zombie who cried human and uh it is up i'm very very excited about it and uh yeah it's, uh, it's on sale, so you can pick it up. That the Zombie is Who Cried Human. Yes. And you can hear Sarah and I narrate it. Of course, the wonderful book from Cemetery Dance. Also, we're going to be joined by our new sponsors, a new sponsor coming on board, Fun Employment Radio, which we talked about on Monday, which is Black's Pest Services. Oh, yeah, and you had the whole inspection and stuff after the show. Yeah, so let me... So you haven't told Maybe me about this because I didn't that. talk to you yesterday. So Black's Pest Services, uh, fantastic. They're going to be joining us here in just a little bit, Bernard and Derek. And Derek came out to my house on Monday because it was one of those things where I'm like, I'm kind of, I was like, okay, I'm kind of embarrassed because I do, I do have neighbors with rats. Like, I'm, that's not a made up. Thing I mean, for that's the show. not. You shouldn't be embarrassed that your neighbors oh, have rats. No, but it's so frustrating. I, but and we then, live in a city, and there's garbage everywhere. And I, I mean, know. there are like humans that are leaving garbage, living on the streets everywhere. Like, it's. I know. Uh, no, it's, it's a garbage just me. City it's right just now. it's just me. Yeah, but you're the only person in the world with rats. Yeah, clearly I'm the yeah. only person. No, I mean, uh, just me getting nervous. But the thing is, he was awesome, and he knows. Did everything. he make you not feel dirty? Yes, he made me not feel I dirty. I told you he's a doctor. He's used to seeing those kind of things. He's like a pest doctor. <laughs> I don't know if that's the official uh, name. It but is because everyone's nervous because I know you were like super nervous to show him your backyard. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, but he's seen worse and it's going to be okay. Yeah, you're right. Well, so uh, so they, they came out or Derek came out and uh, did an inspection and went around the property and he told me some terrifying things because the fact that my neighbors have, he said, he said, the fact that I saw the rats during the day, he's like, that means there's a lot of them over there. And he told me. And that's me, kind of what you knew, but like now yeah, you know Yeah, but now it's like a professional. Official, like that, and my neighbor's property is such a crap hole that he said what happens is there's like a king rat. And ser- oh, so not a rat king, but a king no, rat. No, a king rat. Okay. That will, like, uh, that will dominate that area, and so it owns that area. So the rats that were coming over to my property are probably younger ones looking for their own territory. Because he said the rat, there's a big rat that beats them all up. So somewhere over there, there's a giant rat, like a really big one, which is also horrifying. And he's sending the other ones out. They're scouting my property for territory. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. So anyway, they did some things, and uh, and he's he, they're going to be joining because us because you can about see the anyway. rats like sometimes scurrying from like one place to another. But the rat that you saw was just kind of chilling. No, they it? just hang out during the day. <gasps> that is so gross. It's so gross. Oh man. So he's doing. They they set up some measures to help control that. So we'll we'll talk about it. But then he told me a bunch of like fascinating things that we're going to talk about. With okay. Him. Yeah. Seriously. Did he reassure you that you're not alone? Uh, there are things hidden all over the city that you don't know about, and then I found out about. And once you, you sound like a crazy person. <laughs> no, once you know about and it, and then once you know about them, you can't unsee no, them. No, yeah, you'll look and you'll see it, and you'll see it That's everywhere. Like when you've seen like a fairy or a troll or something, not like, quite and like they're that. Hiding everywhere. Not as magical as that. No, but we'll we'll talk about all that coming up. Um, but I am, of course, no, very sorry that I have cheese blinded you though. That's all right. I looked it up. Uh, so it basically is about eight Easy Max per pound. So I've definitely had hundreds of pounds of Easy Max. <laughs> I mean, that's just... Is that something you should put on, like, your, your Twitter bio or something like that? Also, I've eaten hundreds of pounds of mac and cheese. No, I'm, no, Easy Max. Oh, easy well, and then, yeah, and mac and cheese, too. Right. I mean, but oh, just man, specifically that's probably easy thousands, yeah. Hundreds of I've pounds. I've tried. I've been doing a really good job weaning myself off of it, but then, of course, I got gifted some mac and cheese, or some Easy Mac, and then I forget lunch, and it's in there, and it's delicious, so I have to eat it. Yeah. Because it was a present. Right. I mean, you have no choice in the matter. Too. Absolutely. Well, so, hopefully you'll be able to recover. Yeah, thank you. It still hurts. Yeah. So it really I mean, just went right in your eye. Yeah, it went directly into my eye because Greg doesn't know how to properly prepare a cup of Easy Mac. I'm sorry. I'm he not a professional. He didn't even stir it. I'm not as professional before, as you. Didn't even put in like the I, water to the proper line. I never eat it. I just didn't get a chance to eat lunch. So I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'm eating Easy Mac. I love and, how you uh, just take it for granted. Yeah. I mean, that's a big deal, isn't it? You can't because it's is it like the Canadian kind or I something. I feel like one was wasted on you. Yeah, but I probably was. No, I probably was. I appreciate each and every one. <laughs> I'm sorry. And I'm gonna, probably going to appreciate this one right after okay. the show. Okay. Well, we've got another one right there. Just don't get it in your eye. All right. But I know it's also another big day for you, Sarah. Yes. Because I saw it posted online that this is, you know, we had International Greg Day on July 2nd, but oh. this could almost be a Sarah holiday on top of it. It is. Because I think we are. talked about this last year too and like I'm so glad that everyone always reminds you just me forget. because I always almost forget about my favorite day of the year. Well, Sarah July Hot Dog 18th. Dylan Shut up. It's July 18th. I mean, you got your nickname because of this. I mean, Not because of the National Hot Dog if Day. If you ever see Sarah out and about, just walk up and be like, hey, what up, hot dog? Don't do and, that. Uh, <laughs> but if, you, if there are hot dogs for sale somewhere and you want to get me one, I will gladly eat it. Just buy her a hot dog. Sight unseen. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Can you roofie a hot dog? <laughs> well, technically, you, I think you can probably do that with anything. Yeah. But if it's a purchased hot dog from a vendor, I think you're fine. I mean, I do love hot dogs. You're still going to eat it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean let's be honest. <laughs> Just make sure I don't eat a hot dog alone. Be so, fine. So, so anyway, so Sarah Hot Dog Dylan. Yes. Tell us all, what is this? Okay, well, this day blessed day. Oh, I'm so glad that you asked me because it is, of course, an international holiday. Not, nas- not just national, international. International. So uh, the National Hot Dog and Sausage Council created the National Hot Dog Day to honor the all-American hot dog, which actually seems a little small-minded because hot dogs are all over the world. But I guess this is America's National Hot Dog Day. There are different ones that are all over. However, July 18th specifically yeah, is the American National Hot Dog Day. the American National Hot Dog Day. So the first National Hot Dog Day was held in 1991 where a hot dog luncheon was served on Capitol Hill. Since then, it's become tradition to serve hot dogs to Capitol Hill staffers, lawmakers, agency officials, and baseball legends. 
on this day. On this wonderful on this National wonderful Hot Dog day. day. So I got to ask, you know, what do you do to celebrate National Hot Dog Day? Like, I'm so glad that you asked me. You eat a lot of hot dogs. <laughs> well, I thought I wanted to give you maybe like a little bit of history. I did. Talk okay, about, that'd be great. I did talk a little bit about hot dog history last time, but I mean, yeah. just for people who might have forgotten, I've, I want it. I've it's forgotten. a storied and checkered past. Okay. All right. I mean, so the story of the hot dogs, well, first it started with sausages. So sausages are one of the oldest forms of processed food. Okay. Having been mentioned in Homer's Odyssey as far back as the 9th century BC. I wonder what they, what they uh, made their sausages out of back uh, then. Do you want to know what they made their sausages Probably out of? Probably not. No, I want to know what they make the... Rats. The, uh, the tubes out of. Well, I think that's still the same thing. I mean, not to get too graphic on you, but I mean, it's intestinal lining. Like, that's what that is. No, it's not. Okay, live in your own. I want you to. I don't want to spoil anything for you. All right, so Frank. I want you to not know what that Frankfurt is. Frankfurt, Germany, is traditionally credited with originating the Frankfurt. Made, they grow them on hot dog trees. That's how they. However, this claim is disputed by those who assert that the popular sausage known as the little dog sausage, or the it's dachshund, right? Dachshunds? Yeah, like the dogs, yeah. like the wiener dogs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the, the pol- uh, popular sausage known as Dachshund, or little dog sausage, was created in the late 1600s by Johann George Hechner, who was a butcher living in Coburg, Germany. So George Hechner <laughs> later traveled to Frankfurt to promote his new product. So the Frankfurter yeah, was built there in a German accent. In 1487, uh, five years before Christopher, Christopher Columbus set sail for the New World. Oh. Yeah. So hot dogs existed before America. Wow. All right. Uh, so we're learning a lot about hot dogs today. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, so also like the people of Vienna, uh, Austria say that the term wiener, however, proves that they created the hot dog and that they think that they were the birthplace of the hot oh. dog. Oh. So there's wiener wars that are going on. There are this. wiener wars all okay. over the okay. country. All right. All right. So it's, not, it's likely that the North American hot dog comes from a widespread European sausage... <laughs> Widespread European sausage. (laughs) Brought here by butchers of several nationalities. So uh, German immigrants, uh, in particular, would sell them, along with milk rolls and sauerkraut. This is good. I'm so getting some hot dogs after this. Yeah. Uh, From a push cart in uh, New York City's Bowery District during the 1860s. (laughs) 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 The meat sweats? Yep. Well, in 1871, Charles Feltman, who is a German baker, opened the first Coney Island hot dog stand. 1871. That's why the Coney Island... Competition is such a big deal. Yeah. Have you ever had a Coney Island dog? I have. Yeah. I have too. It was okay. Yeah. Oh, that, or like Nathan's Famous. Isn't that what it is that's out yeah, there? Nathan's famous hot yeah, Nathan's yeah. Famous Hot Dogs. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember I thought it was when good. my sister lived in New York, we went there and we went to the freak show, which that oh, was what yeah, it was yeah. called. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yep. we got to, I, I think they still have it there. Uh, I mean, it's been years since I've been there. But yeah, me had too. It, it was yeah. probably about like 10 years ago they we had, went there, but yeah. That's on the boardwalk there at, at Coney Island. Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember there was another thing they had there. There was this. Um, like dug out where clearly there used to be a building, but there's just like remnants of a building, like they'd been demolished and they didn't build anything on top of it. And there was this game you could play. You paid, I think it was like 10 bucks, we'll say, and you got like five shots with a paintball gun, and there was this kid that would run around down in this burnt out building and you'd shoot the kid. For like ten bucks, and uh, how much money did you put into this? <laughs> probably at least two rounds, whatever it was, at least twenty bucks, however much it was. No, we we're all just like, and it was the kid that was taking the money. He's like, yeah, no, I'll give you the money. Just let me get down there, and then you could just start shooting. I'm like, all right. <laughs> so I mean, he had pads on and a helmet and all that, but it was, it was pretty amazing. 
I, I you, clearly I never, doubt I that's still around. I haven't seen you this gleeful about anything in a long time. Because it was time. ridiculous. I mean, it's just like, yeah. No, you just got to pay me first. I'm like, all right. <laughs> I don't even know if it was legal. Like, it could... I'm the pretty, more I think I'm, about I would it, assume that it's probably the more I think not. about it, yeah, it was just like an abandoned building. I highly doubt they just hand over paintball guns. Wow, yeah, that was probably that's probably a little entrepreneur. Yeah, I mean, that's he was pretty making awesome. Money. There's a, an abandoned building, and he has some paintball guns. He was really good, and he at gets like idiot around. tourists to pay ten dollars to shoot five times. Yeah, that's and amazing. he was really good at avoiding them. Like he knew what he was doing. Because he had little things he could hide I feel behind. like, Greg, if you had grown up on the East Coast and were a little scrappier, that little boy mm-hmm. could have been you. What, running around? Yeah. For yeah, the money? people to pay you. Yeah. Yeah, to shoot at you. Yeah, I'd, I'd be pretty good at, uh, at dodging him at that point. Yeah, I forgot about that. Anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> nothing to do with hot dogs. I just remembered that right now. Oh, Coney Island is a magical place. If uh, you ever get yeah. a chance to go to New York or... Er, Go to Coney Island. It's so worth it. It is. And don't watch Requiem for a Dream before you go to New York. I will never watch that movie Because it's just going anyway. to ruin Coney Island for you. I'm so glad I went there before I watched that that uh, heart-stripping movie. Oh, my God. I have never watched that movie, and I won't ever watch it just because I'm too aware of what goes on in it. All right. Yeah. We don't need to. Oh, no. In 1871, Charles Feltman, a German baker, opened up the first Coney Island hot dog stand selling 3,684 ducks and sausages. It sounds like he's making them out of ducks. It does, yeah. I don't like uh-huh. that. Uh, sausages into a milk roll during his first year in business. What Chicago. is a milk roll? I think it's like a roll made of... I mean, can you... I don't Honestly, bake. what is a milk roll? It's like milk steak. Like, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't exist. Yes, milk steak is from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I know. That doesn't exist. <laughs> what is a milk roll? All right. Well, the year 1893 was an important date in hot dog history in Chicago that year. The Columbian Exposition brought hordes of visitors who consumed large quantities of sausages sold by vendors. People liked the food was easy to eat, convenient, and inexpensive. Okay. This guy, who I think I remember bringing this up last time because it's amazing. This guy's name is Bruce Craig. He's a PhD. And... Hot dog historian. <laughs> hot dog historian Bruce Craig. Is this guy like the man of your dreams? Who's a, a hot kind dog of, historian? Well, he might be a little out of my age. Uh, let me tell you, know, you the history of the hot dog. He's a retired professor from uh, Roosevelt University. Says that the <laughs> Germans. He has a business card. Like, does he go around like to different places and give speeches on hot dogs? This is probably a busy day for him. Like, how I would does think one become a hot dog historian? Is that I mean, something that you could say? Are you kind of an amateur hot dog historian? I mean, I believe so. Yeah. Can I just put that on a card? I think people would believe you because nobody's going to know. Nobody knows that much. Yeah. Where you could be, actually, it was in 1871 when the first hot dog was brought to Coney Island by a German, uh, or was it a German guy or a Polish guy? I it was a ger- German, or, I think it's German. Okay, either right. way. So yeah, the hot dog historian, uh, a.k.a. my soulmate, uh, Dr. Bruce Craig, uh, <laughs> says that Germans <laughs> Dr. always... Dr. Bruce Craig, <laughs> hot dog historian. So the Germans always ate sausages with bread. Since the sausage culture is German, it's likely that Germans introduced the practice of eating the sausages, uh, nestled nestled into a bun. Also in That's also an awkward phrasing. That just doesn't seem like it's necessary. What, a sausage nestled into a just bun? nestle the hot dog just into nest- the bun. You do into your nestle it and you kind of have to open it and then like, you know, <laughs> snug it in. I nestled the mini ducks and into the milk roll. That sounds weird. Why do you have to make it sound I don't know, corny? because it just does. Uh, also in 1893, sausages were the standard fare at baseball parks. This tradition is believed to have been started by a St. Louis bar owner, Chris Von... Why doesn't anyone have pronounceable names? Chris Von... <laughs> wow. Dehahi. Sarah. What? It's all very complicated. 
They're Germans. They're my people. A German immigrant who was yeah. like, all right, how would you say that? Chris Von D E space A H E. D E space A H E? Yeah. The Ahi. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> D something. Anyway. So what did he do? Um, just so you know, I also have a friend that knows that I was uh, that I'm very excited about hot dog day, and I kid you not, right the second just got a message saying, uh, "There's f- hot dogs were the first food eaten on the moon." <laughs> Apollo that 11 tr- astronauts that Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin Jr. ate hot dogs on their 1969 journey. <sighs> well, I mean, they ate them on the soundstage in L.A. Oh, please don't! Oh my God. Many hot dog historians uh, scoff at the suggestion that today's hot dog on a bun was introduced uh, by, during the St. Louis, Louisiana Purchase Exposition in 1904. As the story goes, he loaned white gloves to his patrons. He loaned white gloves to them. So it was a fancy food. No, because he didn't put them in the bun. So this oh, is what they're okay. saying that they did it. Gotcha. But he was getting uh, tired of people not returning the gloves, and the, his supply began to roll, run low. So he asked his brother-in-law, who was a baker, for help. He improvised long, soft rolls that... The meat could nestle in, thus inventing the hot dog bun. Uh, taking a look here in our live chat for the Fun Employment Radio Supporters Club, it looks like there was an Easy Mac that was in the chat and uh, Professor Hot Dog. <gasps> Professor Hot Dog was My two also best there. friends are in there. <laughs> That's crazy. Hot dog historian, actually, Bruce Craig. <laughs> I imagine that's how he speaks. I kind of want to get him like on the show. I think that might be something magical. The hot dog historian. Uh, you should. You should write him. I think that would be a that would be a good guest. I mean, it'd be like you meeting like a super fan. Would you be too nervous? Yeah, it was like when I met Joey Chestnut. I was super nervous. Yeah, yeah. Like, hi, my name is Sarah Hot Dog. Get it? Hello, Mr. I Craig. I will not say my name is Hot Dog. I just respect your career and <laughs> hot dog historian. Um, so I just want to do his voice. By That's the way, all I really since do. Uh, people do like to celebrate. National Hot Dog Day. Here's the most important part. Free hot dogs all over the country. So where you can get your free hot dogs for National Hot Dog Day, you can get them at the, the Flying J, which we have one of those here. Okay. Uh, so you can download the My Pilot app, and you have an offer waiting for you getting you a free hot dog or another item off the roller. Uh, the Dog House. We don't have one of those here except for that shitty bar that I worked at. Right. It doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, that doesn't exist. Uh, Love's Travel Stops. Quick Trip. Seven uh, Eleven has free hot dogs. Wiener Schnitzel. Sonic. Um, lots of different places. Just look up free hot dogs where you can get them. Today. Fantastic. Well, mm-hmm. this is this is great news, and I want to just say, you know, I'm um, I'm very happy for you. Thank you for your day. Thank you for your namesake day. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, Sarah Hot Dog Dylan. Will you stop? If you see you Sarah, buy her a hot dog. Yeah, and don't call me a hot dog. <laughs> what up, hot dog? <laughs> yeah, I know. Every time I see Stephen. Oh, I know. Wilbur. Stephen Wilbur will never, will never, ever let it go, ever. Oh. Anytime he sees you, you're a hot dog, Dylan. All right, well, so that's a hot dog day. All right, we do have to go to break because I believe our guests are here. Awesome. From Black's Pest Services, new fine sponsor of Fun Employment Radio. So we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. If, you have, if you're listening live right now and you have questions, uh, ask them because I want to ask about the weirdest thing they've ever seen. Oh, yeah. The weirdest thing they've found. Ooh. Like, they go into people's houses, too. I mean, sometimes, and they're probably not going to talk about that. Well, they but, can't talk about that. Like, but seriously, who wants to... Like, have somebody talk about their in, the inside of Nobody their house. They're going to gonna be professional. No, I know they are. Yeah. I'm the one who's don't not. Don't be, yeah, don't I'm be I'm the one who's not. Okay. Uh, no, but I do want to know about the, like, the weirdest 
animals and like okay. all kinds of stuff. All right, let's go to break. We'll be back here in just a minute with more Fun Employment Radio. Hello. Death to the termite queen. Death to the termite queen. Just the termite queen. The termite queen. Not the queen. Not the queen. Long live the queen. I feel like that's something you guys must yell before you go charging into like a really bad place. Death to the termite queen. Well, it is. They go into battle every day. I know. Yeah. Seriously, I'm so excited to talk about this. Um, Welcome back. Welcome back to Fun Employment Radio. Hello, there everyone. We, go. <laughs> we are now joined by who we were exactly talking about here just before uh, we came on earlier today. Before and the hot dog facts. Before the hot dog facts, <laughs> um, which I'm sorry, we'll have to catch you guys up on the hot dog facts. I think uh, that they're okay. <laughs> and, <laughs> we don't need to bore them. And even bringing bug-themed beer, which is fantastic. We are joined by Black's Pest Services. It is Bernard. Hello, Bernard. Hey there. How you doing? I'm doing good. <laughs> We're so happy to have We're you guys We're so here. happy. And Derek. Hello, Derek. Hi. Hi. So, so you and Derek spent some time on Monday together. We did. Yeah, so I was talking about this at the beginning of the show just a little bit. So Derek came out and, uh, and gave an inspection of the house, yeah. of, of what's going on in the backyard, which, I mean... Some of the things that you told me maybe even uh, more worried because you said that <laughs> the rats were coming out during the day. Oh, that's not good. Yeah. <laughs> See, and now Bernard doesn't even know about this. Yeah, so my neighbor's property, it's so overgrown and gross. I heard the episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah, where he was yeah. petting the, the yeah. rat in the bag. Yeah, well, I where don't know I pet about it. that, but I heard the other, the most recent one, I think. Yeah, where they were coming out during the day? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's a problem. <laughs> That's well, a bad sign. Rats are nocturnal creatures. If right. you see them during the day, something's wrong at night. That it usually means there's so many feeding during the night that <laughs> the the, uh, the weaker rats have to run around uh, during the day to catch up. Or it could mean they're poisoned, or they've got some disease. It's oh. all, all good scenarios. <laughs> 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 That's kind of what you, what Derek was saying too. Uh, yeah. Is that yeah? It's probably so many that there was like a king rat. Is that what it is? Or there's a uh, they have territories. They're kind of like wolves in a way, where like there's okay. a, there's an alpha male rat, and he is in charge and he bosses the other rats around so if there's any youngsters they get pushed out to the periphery so uh, they have to compete for your resources and being out during the day avoids that alpha rat the big bully guy okay so it's kind of a uh, it means that you're you're close to the carrying capacity of that area there's not a lot of other resources for them so they're branching out to my house oh. that's right yeah. so does the king they're rat does me. he does he go out uh, foraging <laughs> king for rat's things? a term we just came up with I know. <laughs> yeah. does he go out foraging or do people like uh, did the other rats go out and like bring things back to him it's been seen a couple times uh, in rare occasions the other ones will bring him food but generally he's out looking looking on his own okay. have you guys ever so we said king rat have you um, ever seen a rat king I have gotten multiple rats in one snap trap before. Um, and they got tangled? I don't know if they were tangled before or after death, but... Oh! Um, yeah, they were, they were not in great condition. Sometimes we'll find things like... Um, so when you get a lot of rats and not a lot of food, they will turn cannibalistic. Mm-hmm. So wow. occasionally you'll get a trap with half a rat rather than a full rat because the other ones came through and ate him. Wow. Mm. Oh, dear God. What? Didn't you say that there was a... Sorry, yeah. I'm going to bring this up that Greg um, told me he didn't want to talk about it on the show, but there was like a half a rat yeah. outside of the house. Uh, no, that was, I, I talked about it on the show. Okay, I, I didn't know, because you were so grossed out, because I was trying to get you to take a picture, you're like, it is the grossest thing. No, yeah, it was down the street, not in front of my <laughs> yeah, house. Yeah, in front of, but their, yeah, house, in front of yeah. their house. Yeah. So yeah. usually that would mean that either it got like hit by a lawnmower, which is possible, <laughs> <Okay>. or... <laughs> not at their <laughs> house, <laughs> not anything. It's an image of it flying out, it's like... Uh, <laughs> yeah, or, or another another animal came and ate part of it, so that could okay. be other rats, it could be uh, oh, a dog. A homeless person? Yeah, it could be a number of things. number of things. Could have been the guy in the orange van. 
van. Yeah, it could have been that too. A lot of different, a lot of different possibilities. <laughs> well, let's talk about you guys because you're you're so educated in this. I mean, obviously it's your job, but let's talk about the history of this, like how you guys got in this. Like Bernard, how did you get into this oh, line I, of work? I go way back. <laughs> yeah, I was a weird little kid. Um, my father was in the military. We lived all around the planet. Um, I think I picked up an interest in insects when I lived in Taipei. So, okay. Yeah, there were some serious some crazy well, that's gotta be yeah. tropics you know so Ugh. there's all kinds of things there and so my brothers and I used to get firecrackers that were really cheap and blow up anthills and you know that's <laughs> one like, method yeah it sounds like Greg's upbringing well he was paid by the neighbor um, a quarter every time he would shoot a neighbor frog well there oh, were too wow. many frogs yeah hmm. it was a good business so yeah so I was interested in insects as a child and I just kept going on with it when I got into college I didn't have to decide what to major in I wanted to do something in insects yeah so I decided to get into pest control because you know it's it's a good career yeah and um no, it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I, no, I it. It's yeah. fun. And they get to do something different every half hour. You're working with people and insects, and I don't know, it just seemed like fun. And uh, so pretty much my whole life, you know. Yeah, so, you, yeah, it's been a long time coming. So, oh, yeah. so what... Um, so you started up this service, and Derek, I want to talk about your history with it, too, because... Oh, absolutely, sure. Um, like, what is it about bugs that you were so fascinated with, I guess? Well, they're purposeful. They are fascinating. I'm not sure mm-hmm. how anybody could not be interested in ants and termites. That's my specialty, social, okay. and social okay. insects. I guess that's where, yeah. yeah I, was... I mean, I'm good at a lot of things, but I really love uh, insects, especially ants. Uh, social insects are fascinating to me. The way that, you know, how do they, they're, they're such tiny creatures, but they, they communicate with one another. They they can drive you nuts. They're hard to get rid of. They have, uh, oh, you've got one there. Yeah, Ooh, tiny so... One. Um, <laughs> Uh, I actually brought some of uh, the odorous house ants that are in our back garden. Oh, yeah. And um, I'd like you guys, Greg and Sarah, one of you, to yes. take it out and squish it. I don't want to squish it. Um, they're going to die anyways now. Okay. <laughs> I've separated them from their family. Right, how, how should I squish it? Like on the table? Or? On the table and between your fingers. Okay. Squish it and, and then oh, where did see, it go? If you can, see if you can smell it. I really need video of Sarah doing this. I can't get it out. Oh, shit. Oh, there's a bunch of them. Yeah, squish them quick. Oh, shit. Quick, quick. Yeah, there's oh, about sorry, a dozen. That's all right. Don't oh, worry. Oh, my God. I thought there was just the one. No, I there's one on the lid. On the one. There's so many of them. Oh, my God. All right. I'm so glad there isn't video. Oh, there is. See, nope, see if you a... can smell them. Because the fan's going. It might not. Yeah, what is it? It's. A, it's oh, God. There's another one. Yeah. How many more? Are there? there are ant bodies all over me. Yeah. What do I do? I mean, fortunately, our ants, or this species does not bite or sting. They don't bite, yeah. What is it? I smell something. What is it supposed to smell like? It's, I think it smells like rancid butter. I get get a blue cheese flavor. That's what I smell. (laughs) That's exactly what it is. And so these are like the little sugar sugar ants? No, I'm not. No, I'm okay. No, (laughs) I'm all right. I believe you. I trust you. Did I get all of them? Now I'm itchy. Oh, yeah, I think you got them. Which it seems like a lot of people in Portland, or at least that I know of, get these ants. These are the tiny little ants that show up in like your kitchen or your bathroom. They're probably our most common pest that we we get calls about. Um, they do not respect property boundaries. <laughs> yeah, and they have colonies of of uh, several million at a time. So wow, state, statewide. Yeah, really super colonies. Wow. So so when you see these, you know, you, there's there's possibly millions of them somewhere else. Oh, like yeah. when you see a few, yeah, around yeah. your kitchen. So what do you do? What do you do about that? It like, kind of depends on on the location. Okay. Um, I like to use a strategy of baiting. So you put out. Um, 
uh, we we have some different insecticidal baits that are uh-huh. they're mostly sugar. They're they're called sugar ants sometimes. Um, some people call them piss ants because they, they think they <laughs> smell like urine and other things. <laughs> yeah, so they they, uh, they have this affinity, a uh, very strong sweet tooth, and the, mm-hmm. the sugary insecticides they they eat those, they take them back, they share them with the queens because okay. they have multiple queens. Uh-huh. A lot of ant species only have the one, like a bee bee queen. Right. Um, but these guys have multiple, so their colonies can be massive. Oh, yeah. yeah, and they can reproduce very quickly. They have one queen for about every thousand workers. And so wow. if you spray them, uh, most of the stuff that's available over the counter is repellent. So it'll kill the ones that it hits. It gives you, you know, satisfaction because you see all these dance break dancing everywhere, you know. <laughs> but uh, it doesn't really, you know, if they're, most of them are in the walls. So then they, you know, as soon as the pesticide wears down or you clean it or something, then they come back. And so it's difficult for homeowners to solve serious problems. I mean... If it's a minor problem, I see people using taro, and that, that works per, you know, reasonably well for small problems. Right. But, uh, yeah, baiting is very effective because they, they pick up the food and they bring it into the colony you know, where all the young are developing. And uh, you know, it's a better strategy. It's like using a, what's the expression? It's like using a sniper round instead of a nuclear bomb. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so what kind of damage can that do? Like, uh, to, like what, what kind of damage can they be doing to your house? Like Fortunately, like these guys do not cause any damage to homes. Okay, they're they're a nuisance species. Yeah. Okay. Um, but Greg, you have carpenter ants. I know. That's <laughs> this is what I thought. <laughs> I told you it's like you're a doctor. It's like your di- he's diagnosing you. And by the way, and you thought I you had no- this one problem at school. When we were out there, we might have found something else we need to talk to you oh, about. Which carpenter I had ants. no idea. Do you know? How, here's a joke. <laughs> how do you know if you have carpenter ants? How all the little tiny beer cans laying around? <laughs> the- it's, it's a bad joke. <laughs> Carpenters. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> Got it. For her, that's a bad joke. I like it. I get past services joke a lot. <laughs> so, so yeah. So I didn't know, and you point you pointed this out like almost right away. Like, oh yeah, boom, they're right there. Yeah. Um, so we have three different species of carpenter ants in the Portland area. We have Campanotus yeah. vicinus, Campanotus essigai, and Campanotus modoc. Campanotus modoc is the the huge one. So that's the one. Oh, that the big bubbly ones. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All black. All black. Large. Yeah. Yeah. They're okay. the one people usually think of for carpenter ants. But you have uh, Campanotus vicinus, which is uh, the more common and the one that has multiple queens. So it's it's the most oh, uh, tenacious of the three. Okay. <laughs> of course yeah. it is. It's got a little red in the middle. Usually it's black and then red in the middle and then and then you know, okay okay. And so what, what are they doing? So um, unlike termites, which actually eat wood and digest mm-hmm. it using the help of a uh, special symbiont they have in their, their guts, okay. carpenter ants do not eat wood. They just um, rip into it and tear it apart. Naturally, they would be living in things like large Douglas fir trees, okay. um, other you know big trees, dead stumps, those sorts of places. But homes make great artificial trees. So they're, they're inside there. They may be tearing things up. Uh, they, and uh, you may find little piles of sawdust where they're hanging out. I suspect they, they may be hanging out with Eunice in that. <laughs> <laughs> She's beckoning him then beckoning them in. Um, oh god! She's tearing apart the house from the inside. Yeah. Okay. So so. So where did solution, you find them? Were they outside of the house? Or yeah. They yeah. So they don't actually. They they're rarely coming inside homes. They're mm-hmm. usually on the outside. Um, and they do a, a neat little thing where they if there's any trees touching the side of the home, oh, they yeah. will they will walk across those and they'll, they'll travel for hundreds of meters. It's oh, fairly yeah. impressive for yeah. an animal that small. And, uh, and they'll also go along little power lines, but they're, they're not going inside the home to forage the way the sugar ants are. Gotcha. They're, they're out there eating things like uh, I, one of our uh, guide textbooks re- recommends using pieces of crickets that you get from a pet store, ripping them apart and setting them out for the carpenter ants to gather, and then you follow the carpenter ants back to wherever they're hanging out. Wow. 
Um, Crazy. Yeah. So they're, they're out there hunting other insects, uh, picking up, you know, if there's dead Hun- things, they're honeydew. omnivores. Yeah, they really like honeydew from yeah. aphids. So aphids do a thing where they, they drink sugary sap from plants, uh-huh. and uh, there's more carbohydrates there than they need. So they poop out the excess, and the ants come and scoop that up and eat it. And in exchange, the ants protect the aphids from ladybugs. Yeah. And, and that is so interesting. Yeah, they milk them like cows, you know? That's so, crazy. So they're not I'm not going to squish anything else, Derek. Uh, so I actually brought my... I think I still have ants on me. My dead ant collection. Oh, cool. Um, of many of the species we have you here. You guys are our favorite kind of, of weirdos. We love you. Yeah, kind of bug nerds, I know. Oh, look at that. So here I have uh, a specimen of Campanotus vicinus, which are the ones that, that Greg has okay. preserved in some uh, alcohol. So these are ones that you found. Oh, okay, with the red in yeah, the middle. Th- these yeah. aren't from your home. No, okay. I didn't bring oh. any of those home. I wanted them to Whoa, stay. And, legs uh, are impressive. Yeah. Yeah. We do have some questions coming through here that I'll, I'll get to here in a second, too, from people asking questions for you guys. Oh, cool. Uh, so you've got these different... Different species that you've yeah, yeah. Are those so all from different around. Kinds? All so different species. what he's got so here are some different oh, wow. vials with vials. Uh, alcohol or what? I, I'm not sure what it is in it. Uh, uh, yeah, something like it's that. Isopropyl alcohol. Yeah, don't drink alcohol. it. Okay, yeah, don't. Kind of a, a bit. Showing some of the different yes. samples. So now, this is what I'm what I'm coming to though is, you know, talking about this. Well, you were oh, able to point that out great. right away. Like, and I had no idea these things could be doing damage to my house. Yeah, you know. Um, your home is very old, so it yeah. presents a lot of unique opportunities for critters to come and live inside and join yeah. you. And there's a lot of old houses, <laughs> you know, you. in the Portland area. Oh, yeah. And so I feel like for other people, you should be aware of this. And that's why that's why what you guys do, you're so good at it, you know, that you could see that right away. And that's why this right is so fascinating, like, looking at these tiny things. Like, each one is an, a different type of bug, and oh, they yeah. all just yeah. kind of look like little black bugs to you a lot of the well, time. So essentially, we live in a rainforest, and the rainforest has ways of recycling the dead trees. And so what Derek was saying is that yeah. uh, these are the these are the things in nature that would be recycling the fallen trees. So your house is basically, they think it's a dead tree, you know. Yeah. It is. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, it's made of dead trees for a lot so, of it. Yeah, there's, they're just trying to help. Um, so... <laughs> So yeah. Is anyone else itchy? <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, and we'll get to it too. Um, you know, for people to set up appointments with you guys. Oh my gosh, this is interesting. This uh, is fascinating. Yeah, so that one you're holding there, Greg, is actually a winged female. So okay. um, I looked at that one. It's too. a virgin. Yeah, they um, they have a winged form like bees that the, only the reproductives have. Okay. So they have their wings, and uh, usually on a nice spring or sometime night, all of the ants in the area. Uh, fly out of the colony at once and find mates. Okay. Then the females go and start new colonies. Wow. Yeah. They so if you see wings. them, that's them starting trying to start up a new colony. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you saw the movie Ant Man, those are the ones uh-huh. that he rides around on. <laughs> okay. Oh. All right. Oh, I want to see the, the second one too. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen the second <laughs> yeah, one yet. Me neither. Um, some questions that are coming in. Okay. Well. Uh, Ooh, uh, I have one. Yeah. Okay. Go well, ahead. go ahead. Well, I was going to say someone's asking about this particular bug, and it creeps me out. I want to know if it creeps you guys out. Silverfish. Oh yeah. Do Do you guys think those are fascinating or just terrifying? Oh. Um. <laughs> I have no feelings about them. Oh, God. I feel like they're the worst. I had one. They're they're usually, I've seen two in my life, both in my bathtub. They're kind of weak sauce as far as pests go. They're so wiggly, though. So, um... Because we've been using insecticides um, over the last, you know, 50 years pretty intensively, a lot of insects have been exposed to those, and only the strongest survive. Uh, so over time, we've developed resistances for a lot of insects, uh, particularly bed bugs are one of the ones that are more tenacious, and oh, yeah. uh, some cockroaches, things like that. The things, and agricultural pests especially, that are exposed the most. Yeah, they get- Silverfish have almost no resistances. 
compared to the, some of these other they're pretty, easy oh, okay. to, they're pretty easy to kill they seem to be in houses with uh, uh, wood shake roofs more than others um, they can tolerate a lot of heat so uh, sometimes you'll find them in the lining of a heater you know they can survive in high temperatures um, they really bother some people uh, I know. just don't know why it's just like bugs in general yeah, yeah. don't bother me that for some reason every time I've seen one like the way that I don't know like yeah, their yeah. feathery legs how they kind of they're flow quick. around yeah. oh. they're always in a hurry too they never so seem to be meandering they always seem to be just you know, exactly. falling between one place or another and you never get like a solid look it's always out of the corner of your eye and you yeah, see one going yeah. and it's like what is that thing of eyelashes <laughs> doing like running by me wow yeah. so uh, so learning about these so the, the different kinds like what are some other kinds of insects that can be um, troublesome well and, so oh. I brought uh, one of our favorite bugs he's not our favorite he's terrible um, it's the brown mammarated stink bug oh yeah it's one of the more common pests we get especially oh, yeah. in the fall they're, yeah. they're uh, one of those agricultural bugs so yeah. they have some resistances and they can be a tricky one fortunately they don't uh, seek out to harm people or anything I've never heard of one biting someone but in the winter time they're trying to get inside your home to overwinter uh-huh. um, so they can be a bit of an annoyance during that time so yeah. um, there's a seasonality with pest control um, right now we're in bat season Mm-hmm. Um, Which I wanted Ooh, to talk about the bats. Bat yeah, yeah. Derek's a bat expert. Yeah, last yeah. night I spent uh, oh, a couple hours beautiful. just watching someone's home to see if there were any bats flying out. Uh, didn't see them, but we're going to probably stake it out a few more times. Because oh, the bats cool. could possibly be, um, I don't know what you would say, roosting, nesting? I don't know what the yeah, right so term. they have one baby each, each year, um, usually uh, around this time. And they are just now starting oh, to yeah. fly. Okay. So um, those youngsters are more likely to get confused and end up in the place where they shouldn't be, which is inside a house. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So that's why we're getting more calls, it seems like, because um, those ones are now becoming volant. Um, and then we can't do a lot of them about them while they're inside a home at this time of the year because the mothers are with their babies. And if you um, try to kick them out, you can separate them, and then you have dead animals in your walls and ceilings. And that's, that's just as bad. So yeah. once September arrives, you can do something called a humane exclusion where you set up essentially one-way valves around the home wherever they're coming in and out. And then they're, they're able to fly out on their own and find a new roost. And then uh, after they're all out, you just seal up the holes where they were coming in. Oh, cool. And so they wonderful. go and find a new home. and Yeah. yeah. We, and we sometimes provide a new home for them, too. We'll put up a, a bat box nearby uh, to, so that if we kick them out of one place, that they have some place else to go. That's really cool. Well, because they're very helpful. I mean, oh, yeah. the little bat yeah. house is great. Yeah. 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 Yeah, bats are the reason I actually got into pest control. In college, uh, the girl I was seeing had uh, was an RA in a dorm, and they were getting weird sounds at night. <laughs> um, and it turned out there were bats in the, the dorms. Oh. Um, Derek, so what you're saying is that Eunice doesn't exist, and Greg probably has bats in his house. I'm not sure that he does, because <laughs> uh, they make ultrasonic sounds that most people can't hear. Okay. Um, and Greg is, is definitely too old. Oh, That's yeah. very true. I've been in radio way too long <laughs> to have that kind of hearing. Well, but we have, we have a device that can translate bat to human, You've, have you got it with you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Here's my, yeah, my yeah. bat detector. Well, it it reads the ultrasonic and then changes the the pitch so that it's a in a normal human range. Yeah. So, so this is, is so an actual cool. like control. Yeah, it looks, looks like, like a, a remote control. Yeah. That we have yeah, here. yeah. This is one of the the nicer uh, amateur consumer models, the the fancier professional ones, because uh, each bat species makes its own sounds, like bird calls. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So um, with some training and some technology, you can identify species that way. Wow. I can. Uh, pick out a few of our, our native species, but not but not all of them. But this, essentially, if I'm rubbing my fingers together, you don't hear anything. But mm-hmm. if I turn uh-huh. this on, that's the, wow. the, the ridges on my fingertips that rubbing together. That is crazy. Oh. Wait, I want to try that. Can we try yeah, yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. All right. Oops. Put it up. All right, Sorry, why don't you put your fingers up to the microphone first? Do I first. Just push the button? Yeah, once you... Um, all right. 
So that's Sarah's rubbing her fingers next to the microphone. Now try it with the bat detector on. Oh, that's weird. Wow. This is so cool. Yeah, so bats are, are essentially screaming all of the time when they're flying. <laughs> yeah. Um, really? yeah, yeah they're, they're saying, get, get out of my way, up. get out of my way. They honk at each other and they, they do their sonar thing. So when they're doing that, they're about as loud as a jackhammer. So it's pretty fortunate wow. that we can't hear them. Yeah, I bet. Wow. And they have those weird ears and that odd nose as ways of, I, I believe, to deflect and change the sound wave so they can hear it or to improve it. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of uh, diversity with, with bats, and each one has its own little niche that they, they fill. You were recently in South America. Yes, uh, I was in, in yeah. Panama surveying the bats there. We found about 53 species. Wow. Uh, Wait, so, so what were you down there for? I w- did a workshop with a bat conservation group uh, led by Merlin Tuttle, okay. uh, one of the, the prominent bat biologists. He has a wow. great website, MerlinTuttle.org. That's a great uh, name, by it the way. It is, yeah. yes. He's a great guy. Um, so we were there to survey the bats of the Cocobolo Nature Reserve. Wow. And we found 53 species. Including... Uh, Vampires, Vampires yeah, yes. yeah, they were awesome. Oh, wow. Yeah. They're very cute, very soft. Really? Surprisingly soft. Wait, yeah. did you, did, were you tagging them? or? So we, we, with bat surveys, you set up a net uh, in different corridors. They commute to wherever they're feeding. Okay. And during that time, they're not echolocating as much because they have the, the route memorized. They're kind of on autopilot at that time. So if you set up a net there, they will run into it, and then you can gather oh. them out of the net and figure out what species they are, take measurements, um, record their body condition, all those sorts of things. Um, yeah, so it, we just there hadn't been a survey of this this nature reserve before. They thought they had certain species. We ended up finding half the species found in Panama in this one nature reserve. Wow! Wow, that's cool. It was very fun. Um, yeah, it was a great opportunity. That's fa- what is a va- how big is a vampire bat? Vampire bats are um, halfway between the size of a uh, a mouse and a rat. So they're they're not very big. They're okay, a, a smaller than your beer can that you have. Okay, yeah, all they're, right. They're not very big. Which I will say, uh, yeah, Bernard brought us some uh, vicious mosquito. <laughs> oh, yeah, beer. you said that. It's very <laughs> yeah. delicious. Yeah. And since you said rat, I want to get to that definitely. But um, talking about bats here, how many uh, different types of bats are there in like the Pacific Northwest in our area? In uh, Oregon, we have about 15 species. 15? Yes. Um, wow. So we get different compositions depending on whether you're on the east or the west side of the Cascades. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, here in the, uh, the Willamette Valley, there was a survey done in, I think, 2006 by Portland Parks. Mm-hmm. And I think they found about 12 of those species. So it was a, a wow. good number. Yeah. Um, uh, my favorite place to look for them is Laurelhurst Park. Um, about I half live, hour after dusk. I live very close to there. It's a great spot to watch them. There's a pond there, so you get bats feeding over the water. And then there's the, the higher trees, so you get some larger bat species foraging over there. And it's just it's a great place to watch. If and you can hear that transferring geez, through the mic, that's a, that's some, a, that's a bat, right? That's yeah, a that's big a bat, bat up above us right now. We still have a bat detector on. That's what it's talking. It's very angry. <laughs> all, our, all of our bats here in the Pacific Northwest are insect eating, so they're great to have around. A little brown bat can eat an estimated 1,000 mosquito-sized insects a night. Yeah. Um, nice. Yeah, they're mostly foraging at dusk when those mosquitoes and other pests are most present. So they're great to have around. Well, so, they, there's this one bat, too. I think my favorite is that one that, that lands on the ground and catches, like, 
a scorpion. Yeah, yeah, that's it's the pallet cool bat. They, we find those in eastern Oregon. Um, I think there's a few places in the Willamette Valley where, where you might find them, but uh, they are immune to scorpion venom, so they, they hunt scorpions, and then they, they recently discovered that they're actually pollinators as well. They will visit cactuses and pollinate those. Wow. And they're not very good at it. <laughs> they have to shove their whole face into that cactus to get to the nectar, so they actually end up pollinating incredibly efficiently because their whole face is just covered in pollen. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's kind of adorable. <laughs> so, so like, it, is uh, setting up a bat box, would that be, like, something that you guys would do? Like, should you, should you set up a bat box? I like, can you encourage bats? Everyone sure. to set up a bat house. Um, yeah. They're, they're, bats are my passion. So, yeah. Um, the, there's a few key features you want to do. You want to have it be painted a dark color. You want it to be up about 10, 15 to 20 feet. Okay. okay. On the side of a building, Preferably facing south. Okay. Um, so it gets the most sun, the most temperature. Because bats can do a thing where they, they reduce their body temperature to the ambient temperature during the day. Okay. Um, they do this when they're hibernating as well, so that they're not using any energy to stay warm. So they essentially become almost cold-blooded during those times. So wow. the warmer they are, the, the happier they are during the day. And then at night, they rev their engines up, and they, they get to be probably... Uh, like. A little over 100 degrees Fahrenheit okay. in body temperature. So they're, wow. they're warm little guys. Greg, you have to make a bat box for your house. I, I want a bat box. There's a couple places you can buy them um, in the Portland area. Um, I usually go check out like Backyard Bird Shop as a, as a nice okay. selection. The, most of those need a little bit of TLC. You want to caulk the seams, and you want to paint them a dark color. Okay. Um, but, yeah, it's a we live in a, a cool place for nature. That's really interesting. And then we also live in a not-so-cool place for nature when it comes to... <laughs> Greg's new neighbors. Yeah. yeah. Portland yeah. is actually 17th in the nation for rats. Really? Yes. Uh, Doesn't that make you feel so, better? Yeah. I, sure. Sure. Um, <laughs> why? It makes me feel better. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's good for you guys. Yeah. Keeps you guys busy. Oh, well, yeah. And that's one thing, too, that we were talking about. So you set up some traps in my backyard. Yeah, so you have a unique opportunity of uh, having a lot of rats uh, <laughs> visiting. Woohoo! Yeah. So we set up some bait stations. These are child and dog resistant. They're tamper resistant. So um, you can't really shake the bait out. They're uh, they have a little locking key. They're weighted down. So we don't want anything that's not a rat getting in there. I guess mice can get in there too. One time I had a possum. We've had a skunk once. Um, so a few other little creatures can can come in, but generally they're not the ones that are going to be going for those baits. Yeah. And uh, we used a couple different flavors for you, so I'm excited to see which ones are, are most popular. Yeah, yeah, we had a peanut one and an apple. Right, apple, was that the other I one? I didn't use Or apple. no, not apple, because that was melting. It was peanut butter, um, the soft bait, and then the, I used contract for yeah, the other Yeah, it's grain, one. just basic grain. So okay. what do the boxes look like? Are they just hidden in different parts of the yard? Or? This is what was interesting, yeah. Okay. So I brought a couple different kinds, because um, some people are a bit more um, concerned about, you know, appearances and, and things. Mm. Um, you don't want neighbors to know that maybe you've, you've had uh, rat sightings. So they make disguised bait stations. I didn't even oh, actually even think about after, that. Because yeah. you don't today, want people to know. You will yeah. see them everywhere after, and, after today. Yeah. And I took a picture that we'll post on uh, <laughs> on this episode, too, showing three different kinds oh, that he had there. I've seen yeah, those. They're all over the place. Yeah. Once, you, once you know what to look for, you see them in front of grocery stores and everything else. Yeah, so the one that you left at my house are just the black boxes. Mm -hmm. Um, but then there's a couple other kinds, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's so many different manufacturers of these. Um, I use the design I like best, but there's there's a lot of diversity in them. Like, one of them looks like a, almost like a control box, like an electrical control box. Yeah, and then there's the, the one that looks like a rock. Yeah. I've seen ones that look like building vents. Um, 
There's a whole bunch. I, I think that it's kind of neat. I brought some um, Wait, magazines. so you said that they're in front of, like, supermarkets and uh-huh. and everything? Yeah. You have to keep the rats uh, away from food, and uh, rats and mice would like to go into the grocery stores and do some shopping. I bet they would. So, <laughs> so we leave them, you know, we'll, we'll, we, we ask them to leave nicely, and then we start using more persuasive methods, you know. That's nice to give them, like, a gentle warning. Yeah, like, you know. hey, and then if they don't follow it's, it, well, time to go. It's bad karma just to go in killing things. You have to start off, you know, so asking. Derek's yeah. handing me a, oh, a magazine wonderful. here with a bunch of different <laughs> kinds of stations. Oh, my. What is the name of this magazine? It's Pest Control Technology. Is Pest that Control PCT? Technology. Yeah, yeah. yeah PCT. Oh, that's like, that's like, that's like porn. <laughs> I mean, <yeah. laughs> it's this pest is your porn. industry magazine. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's great. Oh, I, I have some posters here for, for about cockroaches. Wait, are cockroaches a big problem? Not as much in the Pacific yeah. Northwest. Sweet. Oh, and flea, ew. All right, fleas. The well, cockroaches, a poster? Greg, let's hang these around the studio. <laughs> I suspect one day when we start That's making awesome. nanobots, they'll, they'll probably start imitating uh, the insects because they're so good at doing what they do. I just did, because I, I work for Digital Trends as well, we just did a piece on... Um, the, I think it's Harvard. I could have the school wrong. Maybe it was MIT. Somebody, but they're designing uh, little robots based on cockroaches. Yeah, yeah. And they've also set them up so they can walk on water. Oh, and it looks like Black Mirror with that bee episode. Right. Well, and the idea <laughs> yeah. for those is then they can go into a building and search for people in rubble. But really, it's that's oh, yeah. not what they're going to use them for. But um, of course, yeah. it's not going to be it for anything good. Yeah, I'm basing them on whatever. insects. It'll be for bugging. Well. It would be bugging your building. Yeah, but it, it literally <laughs> bugging Ooh, your literally. building. <laughs> but yeah, the gadgets are one of the more interesting oh, yeah. parts of our, our job. Um, this Ooh, is one you. of my wildlife control magazines that has all of the goodies for that. My favorite. Ooh, I would part, have loved to paint this. This would have been a fun yeah. cover. It's like a, a, a plethora of like little animals. Yeah. I, th- I think that possum is far too cute. They they don't look like that in nature. Yeah. In nature, they are <laughs> ugly. They look like. Um, they kind of look like Ringo Starr, sort of, don't you think? <laughs> but they uglier. do look. They are hideous. I I will agree. Because some people will post and like they're so cute. I bumped uh, into one. I was walking down the street. Which again, if I see it during the day, that's probably not meaning it's not doing well, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's a nighttime. Animal. Yeah. There was one walking toward me on a sidewalk um, over in Southeast Portland in yeah. the middle of the day. I'm like, uh, and then it finally just turned and darted yeah, into the yard. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know what to do. We were kind of having a standoff for a second there. But yeah. My favorite part is uh, in that magazine is the lures, and you can you make these different that smells to attract things into your traps. And there's like a whole uh, cottage industry of making weird smells for animals. <laughs> wow. It's a whole world That's that I just have no idea about. So for, for people at home or like if you're, I mean, obviously if you're a business, it's a big issue. Oh, yeah. You know, you, you can't have rats wow, and so many pests different kinds around. Of traps. Yeah. Um, but I mean, also for homeowners, you know, finding out about, you know, the carpenter ants. I had no idea there is a potential problem there. They, people, that I didn't know about. You most know? homeowners don't know about it until they get ready to sell their house, and then they hire an inspector to, to look around, and they go yep. into the crawl space, which is a, a part of the home most people, well, for some reason, never want to go in there. <laughs> yeah, right. What? what do you call your crawl space, Greg? Uh, there's Spider City. Oh, that's what somebody did ask in the chat. Um, if they see a spider inside of their house, what do you what do you recommend? They're asking, if I see a spider, should I kill it? Um if it if it freaks you out, I suppose you could catch it, throw it outside, or kill it if you have to. But mm. for controlling spiders, um, you can go to the store and buy those little glue traps. 
and uh, uh, certain kinds of spiders uh, run around to catch their prey. That would be like wolf spiders. There's, there's lots of different kinds of spiders. Some cob spiders build a web up on, on the wall somewhere, and, and they would never end up in a trap like that because you know, once they build a web, they stay. Mm-hmm. But one really good way to control spiders that doesn't involve any poison at all is just to take a brush or a broom and knock down all the spider webs. And if you do that two or three nights in a row, uh, it, it makes it, it the spiders will die of starvation because they have to keep rebuilding the web and they don't have that much energy. So that's when, a that's when a good they rebuild it it their web so in the wild, they they actually will consume their own web each yeah. night to yeah. rebuild it so that they're not wasting nutrients. Wow, yeah. that's very smart. Yeah. Um, it's being asked, have you dealt with brown recluse spiders? We don't have those here. I haven't okay. seen any. Yeah, we have three medically significant spiders. Okay, um, uh, and I believe they are the oh. black widow. The we do have black widows. Here. Yes, okay, uh, they're, they're, rarely, but yeah, you do, you do they're see not, them. They're not super common in, in homes yeah. or any place where you're gonna. Yeah, yellow sack spider, and I think hobo shows up here. Yes, and there. yeah, that's the one I was thinking of. The yellow sack spider is interesting because it likes building its web in very particular places. They don't seem to, to like leaving their webs either. But they, I think it was uh, Toyota had to do a, a recall because oh. the spiders were getting into the fuel lines and building webs inside. Oh God! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, Derek was talking about that the other day. Oh, God, that's, that's so terrifying. Weird. Yeah, we're I mean, it's just like, so many different issues that you don't really think about, you know, that can really affect things. Mm. Um, well, I want to note, so, Derek, when you were at Greg's house, did you peek over the fence? Did you see Could you see <laughs> Oh, any? that's right, the neighbor. I thought, <laughs> yeah. there's something, never mind. <laughs> yeah, did you peek into Greg's house? No. I, I, didn't, I didn't go over and, and sneak in. I was a little concerned about the Russian meth vampire. Yeah. Yes. So. Yeah. That's kind of a concern. Yep. It's a good, yeah, it's a good reason. That could be another reason they're out during the day. It's taking care of it at night. So, but when you did assess the property, you did see that there are in fact rodents. Yeah, about. Um, so Greg's done a pretty good job of addressing the biggest issues. He got rid of that grass seed. Um, <laughs> uh. So with, with any rodent issue, there's there's about five steps. First is you want to evaluate the situation uh, and do an inspection. Then you want to uh, address sanitation issues, mm-hmm. and from there, uh, after that, you want to address the population. So. That's either uh, adding some traps or poison, and you want to do exclusion work as well as the fourth, mm-hmm. uh, fourth step. Mm-hmm. You can do these sometimes in a different order, but you want to make sure that they're not coming inside uh, or getting into these places. You want to change yeah. the habitat features. When you modify the, the environment, when you, when you, get, you know, move things around or close off entry points, um, it stresses the rats out. They're way more likely to make mistakes when you stress them out. It's like, it's like you and I. If, if you're having a bad day, you're more likely to make a mistake. If, uh-huh. if uh, you don't get enough to eat, you, you get out of the house without your coffee or whatever. Right. Same thing with rats. If you stress them out, they're more likely to hit a trap because they're just they're busy and, and they, they'll, they'll be hungry and they forget to check it first. Okay. <laughs> rats, rats are pretty smart. They, uh, I have a horror story. You want to hear it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Yes. Well, it, it, this didn't involve me personally. I went to a trade show and I heard this story. Um, this, this guy was called, this pest control operator was called to take care of this uh, problem. They didn't know what it was, but the bread was missing from the counter of this, uh, of this family's home. And so he, he, he looked and inspected. He didn't see any droppings or anything. He didn't know what it was. So he set up a wildlife camera. You know what those are? Uh-huh. It's a little camera that's got a motion sensor on it can film during the night. Yeah. We use these things all the time. It's, it's, it's a kind of a cool way to do work. So he set this thing up in the kitchen. And uh, lo and behold, about 2 o'clock in the morning, a rat appears. It crawls out from underneath a, a kick plate, you know, the, the places the cabinets sit on. Uh-huh. And it ran around, and it did its business. In other words, it was, well, going to the bathroom yeah. uh, everywhere. 
and eating the bread. But then just before it went to bed, just before four o'clock in the morning, the rat went around and picked up all of its droppings and hid them inside the cupboard so that what? nobody would know it was there. These, I'm telling you, wow. certain rats are super intelligent. You're not, oh. you know, they're, they're way smarter than mice. So when you're dealing with these things, you can't, you can't go in there thinking, it's just a rat, I'll set a trap and kill it. You have to really take a look and then figure that you might be dealing with one of these super intelligent rats. There's a reason wow. that we use them in psychology tests. Yeah, yeah I bet. Yeah, yeah. They, they can display many complex emotions. We know they can experience regret. They. Uh, I shouldn't have, have eaten that page. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, You're nailing it, Bernard. <laughs> um, That's really fascinating. But they also carry diseases. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, we've done a good job in, in the United States of addressing a lot of those concerns. Okay. Um, yeah, and in other places where sanitation is, is much more lax, it's a bigger concern. Okay. Um, so with, with rats, predominantly now in the United States, the bigger concerns are property damage. I did a squirrel inspection a while ago, and um, one of the outlets they said was no longer working. I go inside the attic, and there is a, an electrocuted squirrel carcass right next to the Oh, wires. man. Pop goes the weasel. <laughs> oh, God. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that must have been... Was it just frozen in time yeah it was Forever. it was just you know on its backs spread eagle yeah just doing its little decomposing thing i actually saw a, on my bike ride down here today there was a squirrel but not in the decompose it must have just happened because it was a full squirrel. i'm like oh look a squirrel oh look a squirrel it's <laughs> <laughs> just laying there it's well, taking a nap sad <laughs> what can uh black's pest services do for people who you know to help to help alleviate these things yeah, preventative, and help preventative and, yeah. and find out things that you didn't know you had like carpenter ants um what what would you guys typically do going out? Well, normally, uh, when we get a call from a customer, we'll take a uh, we take a survey of the property, um, meaning we we look around and try to see is the property filthy. You know, are there, you know, children and candy and everything, uh, <laughs> that sort of thing going yeah. on. Um, and and I assure you that we've seen worse. Oh, believe yeah. me, yeah. <laughs> Dad yeah. kept reminding me of that. He's like, I've seen worse. Oh, yeah. We, I always get that. People, when I go to somebody's house, they'll say, you know, the house is a mess. I'm sorry. And it's like, you know, you have no idea what I've seen. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we, we assess, is, is the property cluttered? Is there a lot of hiding places? Um, we also find out if there's children or pets around because it, we have to be especially careful if there's uh, little children. You know, I have a grandson. And um, when he was about a year and a half old, he, he seriously was trying to kill himself every 15 minutes. Yeah. And so, you know, you, you combine what we do, which is, you know, we kill things, uh, we, we exclude things, we, we work with dangerous materials. We have to be extra careful around children because the, if we put a piece of poison down, they'll pick it up and eat it, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we can't, we can't put it, you know, so we're, we like to survey and find out, you know, what are the risks. And then also we'll talk to the customer and find out is the person, um, you know, like, are they, what's their tolerance level? In other words, if they say, I don't want to see anything living in this house, I don't even want to see bacteria, I want you to kill everything. That, that would be on one end. And the other end is, which I've gotten before, uh, a person will say, can you, kill, can you get rid of the rat without killing it? You know, there are people that are, are very, you know, uh, uh, they, they don't want you to actually hurt anything. That's cool, though. So you listen to people's, uh, like, specifications. Yeah, so like, I, I don't care if you kill it, I do care if you kill it, and then you kind of go yeah, yeah. whatever they want. Uh, one of our clients, her daughter will actually take the individual sugar ants outside one by one. Yeah. Which is, I <laughs> thought was very sweet. sweet. Yeah. We, we take them out but in a lot higher numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Take them out together, not a lot. No, no, so, so you have to respect what, what your customer wants, you know, and to try to, you know, we, do, we build a program based on, on what's going to work for them and, you know, not hurt anybody. We, we especially, lately there's been uh, the big uh, 
concern about honeybees. You know, so if you if you spray for ants and you get the same spray on a flowering bush, it, it runs the risk of, of uh, poisoning the honeybees, which is why I brought you that other beer with the uh, the bees on it. With the honeybees. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We have bee and ant beer. Yeah. Or mosquito beer. Yeah, oh, I couldn't find a beer. rat beer. For some reason, the brewers around here aren't <laughs> making rat beer. to make a rat beer. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. So you guys will come out, do an inspection, mm-hmm. let them know what's going on, and then, uh, yeah. and then go from there. Yeah, develop a program based on what they need. And, uh, you know, what we think will protect them. Uh, we built our program, and actually a lot of pest control companies have done this. They, they, you build a program based on what, you're, what you expect to see. Like in the fall, you're going to see the, uh, well, I don't have it here. It's the brown marmorated stink bug and the, and the box elder bugs. You're going to see more oh, rodents the in the sellers. fall. Yeah. yeah, during the spring, it's, it seems like it's odorous house ant. So, you know, you, we build a program based on what we see and what we expect to see. Each year is a little different. Um, it's been a good year for yellow jackets. Oh, it's, oh. it's it, it, it has been. We're getting yellow jacket calls like crazy. And, oh, uh, good year for yellow. Okay, oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. God yeah. bless them. They're yeah. great. <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> you know, and people will call on those. And, uh, you know, it's like if you've got a few ants, you know, people can sometimes live with it. But if you've got a yellow jacket nest like right in the front, door no. which i've seen uh, uh you know you got to deal with screw it. that yeah <laughs> so you can take care of any kind of pest be it like yeah like sugar ants to uh yellow jackets mm-hmm. oh yeah to possums to anything yeah snakes we don't get a lot of snake calls i don't i don't know that we've ever had one one of the more interesting calls was um we got a scorpion and scorpions are really neat because they glow under black light yeah yeah Wow. I have no idea. Yeah, take a black light if you're in the desert. You can flick it on and see these little things running around everywhere. <laughs> but it's kind of odd to see a scorpion here. I don't remember that that particular call. I mean, it's, it's, it must have been brought in on something. Oh, is yeah, that the yeah, one it came our, in in one of our industrial accounts. That's right. I can't mention the name. Yeah. It was a huge. <laughs> I saw it. It was huge. It was about that big. And I thought, okay. <laughs> oh, like an arachnophobia when it brings back that tropical yeah, yeah spider. Yeah, it, it was something that must have come in from Arizona or something, I mm-hmm. suspect. You know, but it was it was huge. It was big, and uh, they were, the customer was r- properly weirded out about it. Yeah. Well, that's what's cool about your business. So you do everything from residential to you do, you do like commercial businesses, oh, and yeah. warehouses, restaurants, yeah. anything. Most most of our business is actually industrial work uh, in bakeries and places like that. Um, because we, we kind of have a, a specialty. We, we don't use much poison. We, tr- we try to solve problems. Um, I mean, we'll definitely use poison, but we try to solve problems, uh, you know, in other ways first. Mm-hmm. And so the bakeries uh, and places that we service um, would prefer it that way. They don't, they don't, they don't want to have a whole lot of poison anywhere near the food. So sure. it's a but natural they, So fit. don't want, yeah, the critters near yeah. their food. Yeah, too, how, do you, so. how do you get these, <laughs> things, you get these things under control without, you know, Poisoning the, the general public, yeah. and so you know it's it's just, it's difficult. Well, it seems like you've mastered the technique. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, pest control is an endeavor. They will. Oh yeah, it's a it's a race against the Red Queen. Always. <laughs> <laughs> well, blackspestservices.com is that the best way for people to? go and like set up an appointment yeah. or yeah and it's a super easy website yeah. to navigate i'm looking at it like it makes oh, sense yeah. to me oh yeah no it's great yeah if you go there and kind of find some information and just give us a call and uh we can set up an inspection we don't charge to inspect um so you know if you have some weird problem actually a lot of people send me pictures they'll send me a text with a, a picture of something and say you know what is this and um <laughs> I think, yeah, we get calls and, and pictures all the time. One time, somebody thought they had wood beetle, and it, it ended up that it was uh, caused by somebody taking a thumbtack and putting, uh, sticking a wall holding up notes. <laughs> so, oh, you know, God. Didn't, didn't require any special service, you know. Um, do you guys ever have to deal with these? So this fell on my head the other day when I was 
taking a walk. Oh, yeah. Oh, that is a 10-line June beetle. It sure is. Well, of course you know. I, I almost brought one in with my little oh, insect collection. They're, it's little hands. It's so little antenna that hands. That one's actually a male. <laughs> I know. Oh, I was, I was doing the, research because it has the, the antennas. Yeah, it has to zone in on the female smell. We so used they, to get a lot of those when I was doing bat surveys uh, out in Montana. They would fly into the nets, and they would get tangled in the nets, and then they scream. They can actually yeah, they make, make a, a noise. Weird, I a heard that, noise. yeah, but they didn't. It, it fell into my hair, and I'm like, oh god, what is that thing? It was like a clunk. I'm like, yeah, they're what? huge. And, yes, and then it landed on the ground. I heard it. Like it made a sound. I look. I'm like, what is that? What is that thing? So it was just kind of standing there. It wasn't making noise, but it had the giant antennas. Yeah. So that wow. was right up on yeah 20th and Hawthorne. Where do you suppose they make the noise? I mean, it seems they, a little odd. So insects don't have a respiratory system the way we do. Spiders have something called book lungs, but for insects, they're essentially hollow. Yeah. And they have these holes tubes. in the sides of their body called spiracles, and they make the noise by compressing their body quickly to force all the air out of their body. So that's why they they make that hissing noise. They're like a little bellows. Okay. So yes. it was probably just panicking and trying to get its breath up, and who knows? I know. I felt bad. I didn't know what to do. I'm like, oh, all I, right. I used to rip those apart you, when they would get in the bat nets. I would just, oh, yeah. yeah, no mercy for those guys. Okay, because it really freaked me out. I left it alone, but I'm like, that thing was almost in my hair, which it would have been ripped apart if I had to try and pull that thing out. Oh, the little antennas. All right. So for any of your pest needs, blackspestservices.com. Thanks. Um, yeah. Thank you. I'm just looking in the chat. Everyone has loved hearing this. This is been incredible to have you guys in. This is oh, well, so much fun. Thank you very much. I really, really appreciate the interview. And uh, oh yeah, well, this is. I mean, it's a commonality. Like everyone has to deal with this in some right. form or yeah. another. Like, and I that's mean, the thing. Nobody's exempt from having to deal with. There's it. no shame. Yeah. And there's yeah. no shame. <laughs> yeah. And they're not going to judge because you know what? They've seen worse. They've that's seen worse. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yours might be the worst, but I mean, but then you'll make somebody else feel better because you're now the worst. <laughs> <Just> kidding. <laughs> Well, yeah, thank you guys for coming in, and this is this is awesome. So Derek set up the traps, and so when should we look at those? Um, I think we're going to come back probably next week. Okay. I'll swing by, take a look. Um, Greg is trying so hard to not look in the traps, by the way. <laughs> I know. Oh, yeah, yes, <laughs> I gave him a key so he yeah. can look in if he wants. Um, so I can would, he? If he would like to, he's, he's welcome to. Um, the only issue is those bait stations are excellent rat habitat. Like, they love going in those. So I've opened them up and found rats inside. So Live ones? Yeah, oh, eating. It'll jump out at you sometimes. And, uh, uh, you know. All right, yeah, that, that, that seriously just that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, It's like a jack-in-the-box, except you just don't expect it. And that's then not, when it that's happens, a terrible jack-in-the-box. <laughs> uh, the worst is when you jump back and it turns out it's dead. So yeah. you get both the smell and the, uh, the smell. <laughs> right. Oh, God. Uh, maybe I'll wait for you. <laughs> maybe it'll be your special friend, Greg, that you were like petting its back the other day. They'll be like, uh, "You're back!" No, <laughs> no. I can't believe you did. Like that would only happen to you. <laughs> that is so it's gross. Nightmares. It's full of nightmares. Why okay. right. is this grass seed? Great pets, like, apparently, like people love them as pets. Yeah, yeah. not me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is, you know, uh, strangely enough, the pet rat, uh, the uh, rats that people keep as pets are actually Nor- Nor- Norway rats. The same kind of pet. Uh, same kind of rat that we deal with all the time. Yeah, those are the brown ones? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the domestic ones come in different colors, yes. similar to dogs. They actually have a few differences from the wild type. Their organs are slightly larger for whatever reason. We huh. learned, during the domestication process, they've gone through some, some weird phenotype changes. Huh. Hmm. Hmm. All yeah, right. There's a lot well, of maybe one stuff. of them can be a pet, Greg, someday. <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> Not these guys. You just make it a habitat back there. <laughs> no. Well, we'll give an update on, on oh what we Oh, my gosh. We find. We've been talking about this for yeah, 45 minutes. I didn't oh realize yeah. that. I know it's been forever. <laughs> All right. Well, you're going to stay through the end of the show because I'm playing the music. Except for something else is playing right now. Don't mm-hmm. worry about it. That's all right. You'll figure totally it out. Totally professional. We got it. Everything's well, good. Um, 
this magazine's in. You can hold on to the magazine. Can I? Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. I'm going to look through because this is going to be stuff that we're going to be talking about <laughs> on the show. Like, I'm, I'm fascinated by this. And you guys are wonderful. Like, Thank you. you guys know what you're talking about, clearly. A passion for it. I, I mean, love oh, hearing yeah. people talk about something that they're passionate uh, yeah. about. It's, it's yeah. It's fascinating. I, I think it's, yeah, absolutely Do we great. get to keep one of those shiny pins? Oh, oh, yeah. Yes. oh yeah. Check this out. Sweet. Watch, check this out. Watch this. There, see? It clicks on every fourth click or something. See? Oh, there, okay. there's a light that on the pen. That is the fanciest pen I think I have ever seen. <laughs> there's a flashlight on the pen. Yeah, no, so no, it's inside of it. Look at that. It lights up. The <laughs> oh, we This need is some, these. like, Tony Stark stuff going on. We need these. <laughs> yeah, if you uh, if you have us come out, ask about a pen, and we'll give you one. There you go. Okay. Have them come more. out. Good All Lord. right, come out. <laughs> you know you've been wanting to get rid of those whatever you have inside of your house. <laughs> Okay, sorry, Greg, we know. have to stop Okay, it. yeah, we okay. got to stop doing that. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to Fun Employment Radio. We really do appreciate it, and we really appreciate Black's Pest Services for coming on board. Yes, thank you. We are so excited <laughs> yes. to have you guys with us. Such Thanks. a treat. Uh, send us an email, funemploymentradio at gmail.com. Give us a call, 503-575-9120. Uh, tomorrow's show on at 11 a.m. Pacific for live subscribers for the Fun Employment Radio Supporters Club, but then podcast up like usual. Awesome. And also want to give uh, a shout-out to our buddy who's hanging out in studio today, Kevin, Kevin, he's a, he's a country traveler. Yes, traveling the world. He's living the RV. dream in an RV. I know. I, I want to do that. So I kind of. I just. Had, I had a couple yeah. other friends just started doing that. It yeah. sounds magical. Yeah, it does sound pretty All amazing. Right. All right. Well, um, yeah. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and uh, thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Derek. Thank you, Bernard. And we'll be back You're tomorrow with more Fun Employment Radio. <laughs> you just want to play awesome. with the pen. It's I so know. Bad. This is the <laughs> coolest <laughs> thing ever. <laughs> 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 <laughs>